Deion Sanders and his Colorado squad are exciting, but what is their identity? We don't know yet, and neither does he. You are Locked On Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bus. I am your host, Kevin Borwell. This episode of Locked On Bus is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Let's get started with this episode. Today, we're talking about Colorado's identity, Cormani McLean, and then what's next for Colorado after their loss to USC. Very tough loss. Very, I wouldn't say disappointing, but... It was kind of disappointing in a sense. Uh, let's dive right into it, though. The identity. I think this is something that it's been hard to determine because all their games have gone so differently. TCU was a shootout. Their defense was horrible. Their offense was amazing. Uh, they were able to outscore TCU while the defense made a couple big plays. Okay. Week two, you go to Nebraska. They start slow again. And... They, Nebraska holds them scoreless, and then all of a sudden, Colorado's defense is looking real good. Like they were, they held Nebraska. I think it was just fourteen points, and it was kind of like, oh wow, so this defense can play if they're capable or if they're wanting to. And then you go to week three, and it's Colorado State, and all of a sudden, Colorado State punches them in the mouth, exposes the defense. Offense again comes up with a huge performance. Let me, when I say the offense, I mean Shadur Sanders in the passing game. The run game has been pretty much useless the entire season. Then Oregon, so they're three and zero. Buzz of the country is all eyes are on them. The buzz is going, and they get blown out by Oregon. The offense couldn't get anything going. The defense looked horrible. Then you go to USC, or USC comes to Boulder, start off really slow again. And then the offense and Shadur Sanders come fighting back, but they come up just short. And so after the game, Coach Prime was talking about their identity. Um, and he was pretty straightforward. He was asked about, he said, while he's still proud of the team, he doesn't really know what their identity is. He said, what's our identity? I don't know who we are. I don't know what we're going to do from practice to practice. I do, but we've got to translate into that into games. So we're still searching for our true identity. If I had to say right now, because I don't think Colorado is – a finished product yet. Uh, I don't think that's a crazy take by any means, but I do think they have a lot of room to grow as a team. They have a lot of room to grow as an offense, a lot of room to grow as defense, special teams, whatever it may be, coaching staff. And I think they're going to learn their identity by the time the season ends. They have two great weeks to kind of figure this out, figure out their identity because they play Arizona State and Stanford who are combined two and eight. So yeah, it's not it's not like they're going to have any more top 25 matchups these next couple weeks. They're going to be able to figure things out, play some young guys like Omarion Miller and figure things about themselves out because I think that's what's kind of holding them back. And so let me walk you through what I think their identity is right now through the first five-ish weeks because let me go through some rankings. In total defense, they rank 126th out of 130 FBS, out of the 130 teams that are ranked on this list. There's 133 FBS teams, but obviously not all of them are accounted for on here. But they're 130, 126th, excuse me. They rank as the worst Power 5 program. The only schools that are worse than them are Central Michigan, Buffalo, Nevada, and North Texas. So then you go to total offense, and they rank 
as a total offense, 57th in the country. And why, you might ask? Well, it's because they rank dead last in rushing offense. They are the worst rushing team in the country. Uh, you were, We were kind of expecting Ultimate Caskill to kind of be that guy to get them back into, I, I guess, boost the offense, but he hasn't played yet. Well, he's played, but just not effectively. Uh, he had five carries against Oregon, and then we didn't see him against USC. So not really sure what's going on there, but they average 55 yards per game. They have one – they average 1.9 yards per carry and have 223 yards rushing total uh, as a team. Whereas, like, for example, I think it was the Texas game yesterday – or Saturday I was watching. Texas running back had, like, 215 yards by himself. So – and obviously this is all – there's a bunch of reasons, um, so I'll continue and I'll get to the reasons. The offensive line is is rough. Um, <laughs> as we go to sacks allowed, Colorado has given up the most sacks, second most sacks in the country. Uh, they rank 129th. They've given up 23, and I think that's not updated because I think they gave up three more on Saturday against Colorado or against USC. So they might even be higher than that. Let's see. Let me let me pull up the number just to make sure, because I'm pretty sure USC got to Shadur a few times. Yeah, they got three sacks, and then Old Dominion was the only team that ranked more, who had more sacks than them. And let's see how they did. Sorry, I didn't realize that this particular portion of the list wasn't updated, but Old Dominion has given up 20, 26 sacks, and as of this past weekend, they gave up 27. So Colorado narrowly is almost taking the lead for being the most sacked quarterback or sacked team in the country. So that's another factor. But then you look at passing efficiency or passing offense. Let's go with passing offense first. Passing offense, they rank fifth in the country, only behind Washington, Washington State, Southern California, USC, Colorado State, and Colorado. Then obviously it's Colorado. So they're the fifth best passing team in the country. Worst, one of the worst defenses in the country. But here's their, let's get turnovers, turnover margin, turnovers gained. Colorado ranks third in the country in turnovers with 12 turnovers gained. So to round this all up, they are a big play team. Their identity is live or die by the big plays, and that is not a sustainable identity. And I think Coach Prime knows that, and that's why he didn't, that's basically why he didn't say that was their identity. They need Shadur Sanders on offense or their identity is Shadur Sanders needs to have a great game every game or they will lose. And we've seen that we saw this past game. He had a great game, but it wasn't enough. I think there were some time management issues and some play calling issues, which turned out to be Shadur's. I would say fault because you, you have to understand that he's trying to, he was the one that took the blame for checking down or checking into the run plays when Colorado had no timeouts and they were kind of charging down the field, trying to score he was the one that said that he called those plays. So I think you have to, it's a learning um, learning moment for him because I think the coaches, when they watch down, will sit down with him and be like, did you check to the right play? Technically, yes, but was that the right play in that scenario? Obviously not because we don't have time to run the ball six yards. We have the offensive line and defense line pushing each other back and that rugby like scrum and we're waiting for the ref to get the ball that those plays probably took 10 to 15 seconds off each time. And so there was like a minute left and it's like, you're, you can't be running the ball and just hoping that it's going to work out. Um, so I think that's a learning moment for him, 
But either way, the run game is not useful right now. So it's Shadur Sanders needs to have a career day pretty much every day. And so far, outside the Oregon game, he's put up great numbers every single game. It's just that's a lot of pressure. And then when you when he doesn't get off to good starts, it kind of hurts the offense and the team because they need him to be playing at his best at all times, and that's just not possible. Defensively, they are a turnover-based team. So they rank, they are a bad defense by all the metrics. The only metric that they're good in is turnovers. They forced one against Caleb Williams. That was the first interception that Caleb Williams was thrown all season, and that was a huge play. But you are living and dying by a play that happens every, say, 30 plays. So, like, let's say there's 100, 150 play, or we'll go 130 plays of defense per game. I think that's probably a lot. But Colorado has 12 interse- or twelve turnovers total. So they are hoping to get 12 divided by one. I think I said 150. So that, I mean, they're hoping for something to happen that only happens about not even 1% of the time. Like you're hoping for turnovers and you're basing all of this off of turnovers and you cannot, your defense cannot be predicated on getting huge plays like that because there's going to come a time like against Oregon when you can't force a turnover and the other team's offense, you can't get them off the field. And even when you do, they're going to fake a punt or whatever. And that's just not a recipe for success. And so that's another thing that hurts our identity. And then special teams, they're just special teams. I feel like there's always issues with kicking Uh, kicks are blocked, kicks are missed or whatever it may be. And then there's also another thing that I don't think people realize this enough, but when you look at how Colorado has started off games, it's like they need adversity to play well, or they need adversity to kind of bounce back. Uh, When you look at their game breakdown of their five games so far, they've only scored in the first quarter twice. They are averaging around four points per first quarter. And then when it gets to the second quarter and stuff, that's when they really ramp it up. I don't know what needs to change. I don't know how you change that, how you adjust that. Maybe it's you start off with the ball and try to put up points first uh, rather than letting the other opponent or rather than letting your opponent get the ball first and kind of set the set the stage. But Colorado's identity is currently offense led by Shadur Sanders needs to come up big. And it seems like the team needs to get punched in the mouth before they do something. And I think that's what Coach Prime means when he says he doesn't know what to expect because I'm sure – at practice, they talk about starting fast, starting strong, and then when they get in the games, they're doing the complete opposite. So I think their identity is still a work in progress. Like I said, I feel like they still have a prime opportunity to figure this out. Uh, it's not like it's going to, it's not like their season's derailed by any means after these two losses. I think the USC loss was much more productive than the Oregon loss, but they got they still got a lot of things to learn as they move forward. I'd need you guys to learn about our good friends over at Athletic Brewing. Let me tell you. So. It's time for my Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing. Much like Omarion Miller, the freshman wide receiver, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Omarion Miller came in the second half as a freshman who hasn't really played at much, played all this year, has no catches, and all of a sudden he records the highest, he goes for 196 yards, which hasn't been done since 2018 for Colorado. Kind of gets Colorado back in the game, was the difference maker that they needed uh, for Shadur Sanders. So, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed their game, which is the non-alcoholic beer game. They make full non-alcoholic beers that taste actually good, full of flavor, and well-crafted, just like a full-strength brew. 
Their brews are great tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable, like watching a big game or your kid's game. So, Or you could tackle a workout or working or just at work. So there's no hangovers, which is the best part ever. No hangovers ever. You can find Athletic in-store online and at bars around the country. And let's be realistic. They have flavors for everyone. You could take the test. They Because not everybody likes these fla- certain types of flavors. Maybe you don't like dark ones. Maybe you don't like light ones. They have a quiz where you can find your perfect flavor. I did the same, found my perfect flavor, and it tasted amazing. And you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or by online at athleticbrewing.com. First customers can use code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That is code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, at checkout for 50% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, near beer, excuse me, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Welcome back. We are talking about Colorado football, of course. We're talking about Cormani McLean, though. I think I want to say I owe him an apology because I think I was going based off of what Coach Prime said. And so I think Coach Prime was challenging him. And I think he would more than lived up to that challenge. He broke up a touchdown. Recorded interception that was eventually called back because of pass interference call, which you hate to see. Sorry, I needed that second half little sip right there. But Cormani McLean kind of, I think this is like his redemption arc, um, I guess you could say. Because just two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I guess, two or three weeks ago, we'll say. We're asking about him. It's Travis Hunter goes down with an injury. But that's okay. They have another five-star corner, Cormani McLean, ready to step up, right? No. Cormani McLean was far from being ready to step up. In fact, Coach Prime even went out to, as far to say he wasn't prepared. Said he wasn't showing up to meetings, was late to meetings, didn't know the system well enough, and just there was no point in putting him out there because he wasn't prepared. We saw him in garbage time against Oregon, and it was like, okay, getting some play time. But he had some significant snaps against USC. And so what does this show? I don't think this means that Corm. I mean, it could mean that Cormani is about to start, but I think it means that when Coach Prime was kind of calling him out and going at him, I think it was like his challenge to Cormani to be like, "Give me a reason to play you," because so far you haven't. And I would say Cormani did just that. I think he gave Coach Prime a reason. He gave Colorado a reason to trust him because prior to this game, he was kind of. And I had John Garcia Jr. from Rivals on. I wasn't saying that Cormani was a bust, but based off of what we were hearing, he was having bust-like behavior. So I think there's a lot of a lot of people get caught up in the word bust, and it's like, oh, you're not giving him a chance. And I'm not. I never said he was a bust. I was saying at the beginning of his career at Colorado was starting to look like that was the trend, but he silenced that. He proves that wrong. He kind of erased that. And so now moving forward, with Travis Hunter likely still out, I would say. They said three to four weeks. I think he's probably going to miss this game and the Stanford game. I think being that Stanford is such a struggling program at the moment, I think Colorado could take that risk and not play him and kind of wait for him to get back because then they have the bye week after. So that would give Travis five weeks essentially to get healthy and get ready for the game. And obviously he wanted to play against USC, but Coach Prime said he wasn't ready. So this gives Cormani essentially – two more weeks to prove himself and kind of, I won't say steal a starting spot from Amarion Cooper, but maybe carve out a bigger role for himself or maybe be that starting corner opposite Travis Hunter. But it's good to see the young man 
standing out, performing well, and kind of silencing the critics because there was definitely critics. There was definitely like, oh, this kid was supposed to be this, but he's really not. And so now it's like, what do we make of him? And I think he's kind of proving everybody wrong there, which you'd love to see um, because I think everybody deserves a chance, second chance, third chance, whatever it may be. And I think Cormani is capitalizing on his chances at Colorado right now. And he's only going to get more playing time and have some prime opportunities, no pun intended, to kind of show why he should be on the field more. This episode of Lockdown Bust is also brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into, the, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place $5, a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. You can play it. You can use the spreads, the player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL, se- NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of our good friends over at the NFL. What is next for Colorado? I think a lot of people from the outside of the program are looking at them saying they lost two games. The magic is gone. They're kind of a, I don't say this is what other people say, not what I'm saying. This is, they're saying they're a bust of a team, but cause obviously they had all that hype and then they didn't live up to it. They lose six to 42. They lose 41 to 48 this past week, which honestly they could have come back, but there was some late, late game issues that kind of plagued them. I think that kind of were the, a difference. I want to say the difference. I think the difference was going down by 27 points in the first half. Not great. But what's next for them? I look at their schedule. They have Arizona State, Stanford, and UCLA. I think they could realistically win those three games, and I think they could bounce back. I think the run game could be established because if you look at if you look at all of those teams outside of UCLA, because their defense is pretty stout, uh, as we saw during the uh, the Utah game. Excuse me. They are all kind of inefficient at stopping the run. If you look, let's see. Up first, they have Arizona State. Arizona is kind of, and Arizona State is, these are all, wow, let me let me just preface this by, these are all programs that are kind of trying to figure things out. Arizona State ranks 52, in, 52nd in the country in rush defense. Stanford, 54. Um, they both give up around 120 yards per game. This would be a good opportunity to establish a run with Anthony Hankerson or Alton McCaskill. I trust Anthony Hankerson the most right now. Um, he has been the most successful running back, I would say, in terms of running between the tackles. And I think he kind of he got a shout-out from Coach Prime after the game. He played well. And I think that if Alton McCaskill is not ready to go, excuse me, I trust Anthony Hankerson the most. I think he just... In terms of running the ball, if you could get Dylan Edwards the ball in space, love it. But Anthony Hankerson is kind of the guy where I'm like, he's proven himself. This is like the worst time to get the hiccups. He's proven himself. He's kind of shown he's one of the few holdovers from last year where it's like, why didn't this guy leave? Why didn't this guy leave? And he's showing that this is why he didn't leave. He could legitimately claim that number one running back spot right now. And I think he does a little bit of both. He could block. He could run. And I think that's what they need. And realistically, Arizona State and Stanford, their de- their rush defenses are not nearly as good as USC's who rank or UC- USC's UCLA's who ranks as number ten in the country. So I think they could beat these three teams. I think Shadur Sanders could get things going again with the offense, or Marion Miller's going to continue to pop off. But I think the defense has a chance to kind of build some confidence, especially against Stanford. 
I think the run game can get some things going. And I think Colorado could string together three wins straight. And all of a sudden you go from three and two to six and two with a homecoming game against Oregon state. That'd be a huge win right there. Bolt and Boulder. And then you have Arizona. That's a winnable game. I think that's a seven wins right there. So they have a chance to get to seven, eight wins. And I think too many people are caught up in the fact that they've lost two straight uh, this early in the season. I mean, it sucks. Yeah. But Colorado is a team that's bouncing back from a horrible year last year. They don't have an identity, which coach prime himself said, and now they have times to figure out that identity. They have a time to kind of establish that identity. And I think they do just that. Um, and I'm going to continue to monitor what I think is their identity. Cause right now, their identity is big plays by the passing game and forcing turnovers. And it's not just like big plays. It's like monumental plays. And they need they need something more sustainable. They need something where it's like, we're going to do this 10 times, 10 to 20 times a game, and it's going to work every single time. And I don't know what that is yet. They don't know what that is yet, but this Colorado team is trending in the right direction. And I think that's what's next for them. They're going to trend up. I think right now they kind of, the Oregon game had them trending down. The USC game gave them a little uptick back towards the right direction. And I think they're going to have a, a solid little stretch here. And it's a good stretch to build some confidence after what was a pretty brutal stretch to open the year. Uh, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borba. I appreciate you guys for getting me to 3,500 subscribers. This is uh, truly a, a blessing. Uh, I appreciate you guys' support. And I continue... I look forward to continuing to produce this content for you guys and having more guests on the show. So you guys have a great start to your week. It is a great Monday. Great day to have a great day. I will see you guys tomorrow.